This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, it's Friendly Fascism! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kinda like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to be joining me to talk about Season 3 of Amazon series The Boys. The Boys is remarkable in that it's a show that seems to be hitting its stride the longer it goes on. Most shows you kind of like get this killer first season and then the sophomore slump and then it just kind of dribbles and dries up and runs out of ideas, but that is not what's happening with the boys at all. We're going to talk about it. Uh, We just watched season three, or at least I just watched season three. The other guys watched it, like, back when it came out, but I got around to it, and now we're doing our show, and it's going to be a spoilery uh, episode, about the boys at least, so... If you don't want the spoilers, maybe listen to the first bit, which is the fresh shit, and then, you know, watch the boys and then come back and you can check the timestamp to figure out when that part shows up and you can listen to it later. Or if you just want to not listen to that or do want to listen, whatever, check the timestamps, listen to what you like. It's all there in the show notes. And uh, by all means, come back for more. Subscribe to the podcast so you can catch every episode, share it on your social media feeds with your friends. And if you go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, you'll find links to our Instagram and our Twitter and our Facebook and a way to email us at magnificentlyhuge.gmail.com if you want to reach out with comments or show ideas and... Yeah, we're excited. It's uh, another show. Let's do it. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast, where technology always works. (laughs) Unless you're Eric. (laughs) Fuck you, Xfinity. (laughs) Fuck you. That's Eric, everybody. That's, that's, yeah, that's indicative of nothing. Yeah, just wanted to say that. Apropos of, of nothing. Uh, yeah. How's how's everybody? A- apropos okay? of nothing, I'm Brian. Hey, Brian. That is true. Apropos of nothing, as long as we've known you, Brian. Yes. This, <laughs> this is, and this is Chris. Sure, woods have here. never been spoken yeah, yeah, appropriately. Right? Yes. Like yeah, appropriately nothing. There you I'm go. Eric. Hey, Eric. Welcome aboard. Uh, hey. so Brian, I hear you uh just finished season three of The Boys on Amazon Prime. I did. I finished season three of The Boys, and which was like a long time after Eric finished it, and he was like, we need to do an episode on it, and I'm like, yeah. you're damn right after I finished it, but we're going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, so months check and the months show later. notes. Uh, months months there's timestamps for everything, so if you want to skip to that, sure, go ahead. But if you do, you're going to miss us talking about everything else that we do and watch, which is in a segment we call The Fresh Shit. This shit is fresh! Oh, shit. It's fresh. Chris, you got to do it. You get in there. Get in there for oh, get up in there. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so first of all, uh, there's a new trailer out for a, a limited series coming on Hulu. Uh, Mel Brooks is finally, finally, finally done History of the World Part Two. Have you seen the trailer? You want Jesus to be white? That's not what I'm saying. Don't you put words in my mouth. 
History of the World, Part Two. Part Two. Part Two. Part Two. If this was on Netflix, I would cancel my subscription. I saw the original trailer. I have not watched the trailer. It's amazing. Uh, it's a limited series instead of a movie, and it's going to be great. I'll just say that. It doesn't wow. look like okay. So I, I challenge question here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did an episode called you know comedy doesn't age well or something like that because a mm-hmm. lot of it doesn't. And you know, I'm not bringing this for fresh shit, but but last weekend my wife and I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights and it no. sucks. Yeah, that's and you, you can't. Mel Brooks you can't has sucked for a long time. Why do you have any hope for History of the World Part 2? A, because I've seen the trailer, uh, and B, because of the people involved. Uh, You know the good trailer, bad movie uh, precept, right? Yeah, but it's a TV show, so this doesn't count. Take that. Uh, Put it in your pipe and smoke it. But it's got just a whole who's who of people uh, doing bit parts. from Danny DeVito to Taika Waititi to Seth Rogen to Zazie Beetz to whoever. I mean, it's just this like weird deal. And then every week, I guess they're going to do a different period of history. Uh, and it looks amusing. And I've been waiting 40 uh, some odd years for this bad boy. And so I am excited. I'm going to watch it. I'll probably hate it, like Eric mentioned, but I don't care. <laughs> Because God damn it, I want this so badly. <laughs> it doesn't. There's no Jews in space, uh, anything like that, or or Hitler on ice, like we the teaser. Jews in space. I, I know that's the teaser from the end of History of the World Part One. But what you gonna do? So I always figured uh, that there was no way they were. At, he was literally going to make a History of the World Part Two. That was just a gag, right? Yeah, that's the that was the joke. But now he can because he's like ninety four, and I guess he's just trying to get it all in before he's finally shedding his mortal coil. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But just you know, at some point, watch the trailer. Nursing homes don't pay for themselves. You need to do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just uh, just watch it and see uh, if you if you wanted to deal with it. But uh, I have a feeling it'll be amusing if if anything else. So take that. Uh, here, here's hoping that at the very least it's funny for a little while and then it won't age well. How's that? Yeah, I'll give yeah. it that much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's that. And then on the flip side, which is something that is totally not funny, but kind of funny, uh, I watched the new movie on Netflix with Christian Bale called The Pale Blue Eye, which is a murder mystery set at West Point in 1830 when Edgar Allan Poe was a cadet. And Christian Bale's detective enlists a young Edgar Allan Poe to help him solve the mystery. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. What? Yeah. Uh, and it, and to boot, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is played by Henry Melling, who's Dudley from the Harry Potter movies. But he looks nothing like Dudley anymore. He looks an awful lot like Edgar Allan Poe. It's creepy. It's creepy huh? as shit. It's creepy. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, it's uh, cadets keep dying. Uh, the grizzled New York detective gets called in. It's sort of set up like uh, Sleepy Hollow almost in that regard, but a little bit more realistic. Uh, and then they sort of just filter in. But it's like a who's who cast of uh, 
all kinds of English actors doing American Should accents. Should I watch it? It's good. As a mystery, the twist is kind of uh, something you don't see coming. Uh, and it's kind of gruesome at points. But, uh, you know, the cast is really why you go in. Because it's like uh, Christian Bale, who's always reasonable in anything. You've got Henry Melling, Harry Melling, whatever his name is. But Gillian Anderson shows up. Uh, Toby Jones shows up. And then a who's who of... Uh, Harry Potter actors that really sort of throws you for a loop. So it's 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 dark, it's cold, it's uh dingy. Uh it's definitely a Netflix movie, so it's not great, but it's definitely passable if you like a good gruesome sort of mystery story based on a book or something. I don't know. But mostly it's just uh you know, Edgar Allan Poe is a super detective, which is fun. That's all I'm going to say about it. Mm. It's like, there's nothing else to really uh, but it's not campy like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. No, no, exactly. no, no, no. Okay. No, nothing like that. I mean, come so on. So they're not, they're not playing off of the ridiculousness of the premise. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's totally done. <laughs> they're acting done, like this is a uh, real thing. Yeah, yeah. It's totally done straight. It's not like Sleepy Hollow where, uh, you know, Washington Irving shows up as a detective to, <laughs> to solve the case with this bag of doodads played by Johnny Depp or whatever. Uh, it's totally played straight, uh, but you know, if you like a good mystery, it's it's passable. If you like historical drama, it's passable. Uh, you know, it's it's the it's pale good. blue eye. It's passable. It's passable. Says Chris Ryerson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bob Fenster of the <laughs> the Phoenix Star. <laughs> Why is it always Bob Fenster of the Republic? I don't know. Republic, anyway, that's because it's Bob Fenster says check it out or don't. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Uh, so yeah, I don't care. Was... I don't know you. What do I care? What movie you see this weekend? Bob Finster, yeah. Arizona Republic. Uh, and then, and then, lastly, uh, I finally finished the the Willow TV show on Disney Plus. It's like eight episodes, but my God, that took forever to get through. And uh, I guess they they presaged that there's a like three of them all together. Because at the end, they show the volumes going on the shelf, and it's one, two, and three. So be prepared for Netflix to not do the third volume, at the very least, is my guess. <laughs> um, so the movie is volume one, and then the volume two <laughs> is eight hours long? Yeah, or whatever it is. Uh, it's just, you know, like I mentioned last time I brought it up, it's just sort of ho-hum, uh, lowest common denominator kind of stuff. And they just do a lot of like modern uh slang and dialogue and whatnot in the midst of all this stuff uh but the thing that's just astonishing and the only reason i bring it up again is because they use modern pop songs to end every episode uh and a couple of notables uh one like one of the later episodes ends with the beach boys good vibrations and it's like this like empty like old city with crumbling statuary and whatnot where one of the characters has basically been marooned and everybody's trying to get to him there. And it just ends with good vibrations as he's looking out over like this desolate the, landscape. The Beach Boys recording or like yes, some yes. modern, no, no. you know, Billie Eilish crying no. her way through good vibrations. No, it's yeah. actually good vibrations by the Beach Boys. Okay. Uh, the... The one that's sort of... Sh- <laughs> no, yeah. no, I gotta get this out of me now, because now I hear Billie yeah. Eilish going, 
No, there's no one of the episodes ends with a cover of Enter Sandman. Uh, that's one of your slower covers. Some artist named Rena Sawayama or something. Uh, so it's like it's like every Zack Snyder movie trailer <laughs> song, pretty much. It is just Have so. You noticed that that dumb. every trailer now has a song like from our youth, but done yeah. like a slow dirge. That's what these are. <laughs> that's for the most part because it's another one they do. Black Hole Sun. By Soundgarden, oh, yeah. but it's uh, we an actually pulled Noella. that one in when we yeah, were yeah. doing yeah. Um, our cover songs episode. And then the Arl Knots have a great generic movie trailer um, that they made. Yeah, and they do one of those covers, but it's "You Spin Me Round" by Dead or Alive, which just nice. has no drama to it at all. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, and they only bring it up because it's they do eight episodes of this fantasy show, and then they're doing like modern pop songs that just don't fit but the one that kills me it's the end of episode 8 the final episode of the series and they do this like cutaway to the future where the uh Alora Dannon who's the there was the baby in the Willow movie who's now like the the Mary Sue of this one who learns how to be the magic sorceress and she's like in this prophecy where everything just gets destroyed and she's like the evil version of of this uh and her zombie army and whatnot and it's sort of the setup for this the second series and I shit you not they play Money for Nothing by Dire Straits and I think they only do it because of the guitar riff because if you're set in a movie that's a fantasy world and you're using Money for Nothing with lines about MTV and microwaves it's like who the mm-hmm. fuck picked this song for your ending it just makes no sense it is so stupid <laughs> and I just couldn't figure out what was going on for the life of me so maybe they're telling you right up front that this whole show is about cash i guess we're gonna make another uh, one because you know what we got to make a living stupid yeah (laughs) but it's like you know this dark landscape very sam raimi evil deadish kind of thing and in the background the two head confused by this yeah and in the background is like the two-headed dragon from the first movie like breathing fire the siskbert that thing has a name yeah the siskbert and then, like, the, the was she a good queen, now she's a bad queen, talking about the end of the world as we know it in this fantasy realm. And then, license music. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so avoid that one if you can, kids, because it just, it it's a misfire on most levels. Public service. I never understood the necessity of a Willow TV show. Oh, there's none. There's none. Who cares? There's none. So, yeah. There you have it. Wow. Next. Next. Yeah. Um, I can go. Um, so, you know, we talked about our rule about, you know, good trailer, bad movie, and all of that. Um, we have another rule, at least I have another rule, that is, if there's an adaptation, you want to see the film version before you read the book so that you can enjoy both. But I found one that violates that rule, I'm pretty sure. Um, On Eric's recommendation, I watched White Noise this week. Yeah. And my primary takeaway from it was, huh, I think I'd much (laughs) rather read the book. Um, (laughs) You know, reading the description of the book in, in Wikipedia, it says, White Noise explores several themes that emerged during the mid to late 20th century 
rampant consumerism, media saturation, novelty academic intellectualism, underground conspiracies, the disintegration and reintegration of the family, human-made disasters, and the potentially regenerative nature of violence. Yeah. And novel, the novel style is characterized by a heterogeneity that utilizes montages of tones, styles, and voices that have the effect of yoking together terror and wild humor as the essential tone of contemporary America. And you know what? The movie meets that description. It does because <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind too, of all of those things all over the place. That's too wordy for a Netflix description, though. Really? No, that's the word. That's the description of the book. And I'm yeah, saying, yeah. if that's the description of the book, it does work as a description of the movie. Well, but have you? Would ha- I recommend it to anybody? I mean, have you read any Don DeLeo before? Because no, that's who wrote no. the book. Because because uh, I'm read I'm still reading Underworld right now, and it's uh, it's very uh, that's like literature with a capital L kind of a thing. It's very very novel esque in its approach to prose. So if you want that sort of thing with very postmodernist aspects of culture, then yeah, definitely jump yeah, in I, and I see mean, if I've that works for you. I mean, I've read some little excerpts from the book since watching the movie. I'm like, yeah, this, yeah. this sounds awesome. Um, I mean, again, it was good, but and it does a good job of having several things unfolding at once and creating tension and you don't lose track of any of it. Um, but it's it's uneven but on purpose and at least it's it, it's an actual movie that sparks discussion like so many movies i watch and i'm just like yep that was a movie we watched that that's done <laughs> it was passable um, it was passable. this this is not that you you yeah. will you will have conversations you know you will have conversations with your wife and you will you will think about this movie and it'll it'll rattle around in your brain but it's a tough one to recommend to people because it is kind of obtuse and impenetrable in its own way. I, I don't mean, know. They, Eric, they you loved it. I know you did. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's sort of the the it's the thing you need to watch in order to come back to reality after watching like all of Marvel Phase Four. It's like everything <laughs> there is it. easily packaged, easily presented. Here's a beginning, here's a middle, here's an end. You yeah. know what you're supposed to think the entire time. This one is more of a, you know, meditation on how life is actually impenetrable itself, you know? Yeah. I mean, all no. of these so, people are trying to make sense out of a world that makes no fucking sense. And I think that's kind of where I, I fell in love with this movie. Yeah. But I like that when you were talking about Eric, you weren't like overly effusive because it's so nigh impenetrable. As an adaptation, it's a thinker. It was my, it's a thinker. Is my sense. It's a, it's not like when you and, and again I keep going back to this, but it's sort of my baseline for you. It's like you watched uh, Superman v Batman, and we're like text. This is like <laughs> the greatest movie ever. And then it turns out that you were like high in cough medicine and you had the flu, <laughs> and then revisited and went, "Oh my god, what did I just type?" You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like yeah. So when I so when I hear you getting like overly effusive about a movie, I'm wary. But when you got to like, give me a week. Yeah. yeah, but but on a movie like this where you're like, yeah, it's really good. I dug it, man. It was, you know, and you're not like, you got to see this. I'm like, there may be something more to this one than Batman v Superman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hearing Brian's take on it, I'm thinking that theory is probably uh, validated now. So, yeah, yeah. no, I think, Thank Chris, you. I think you dig it. I, I do. I mean, it's on the list. Adam it's Driver the list. is yeah. continues to just rule in everything he does. Um, 
Greta Gerwig is his his wife in this movie. Greta Gerwig, who will be writing and directing the Barbie, Barbie. movie later this year, folks. Yeah. Which figure that out. Um, but uh, and then it's uh, it's directed by her. I don't know if it's her husband or her. Yeah, her just no creative no, partner. Noah Bombach. Noah Bombach. Yeah, and I mean it's. It's well made. It's really. It's just a. Yeah. It's. It's just a movie that you're. You're gonna have to come to grapple with, right? It's not just gonna wash over you. You're yeah. gonna have to engage with it. So I. I posed the same question to you, Brian, that you posed to Eric when he brought it to the table. Uh, is there a, a lot of sitting in traffic scenes in this? Film? Not. Not at all. Actually, okay. that's okay. very much not the movie. <laughs> okay. Right, because that was your that was your preconception of it, and Eric debunked it. But I just wanted to make yeah, sure. no, the trailer makes it look that way. But no, no, okay. it is not that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, the trailer makes it look like it's a, a comedy disaster film, which is what I was in the mood for. That kind of bummed yeah. me out that it wasn't actually that. But I mean, okay. it is it is for a little bit. There's sort of a comedy disaster interlude, um, <laughs> and there's there's such good there's such good quotes in it, like. There's there's a point at which, you know, having gone through the pandemic, the, this whole disaster sequence uh, resonates. Like there's a point at which there, you know, the science and what is going on is unfolding, and and um, they they at one point had said that vomiting was a symptom, and then later they said actually no, it's not. But then something happens, and the daughter goes and pukes, and one of the characters is like she's she's showing outdated symptoms. <laughs> um, <laughs> At, which was somewhere near the time they also said family is the root cause of all misinformation, which I would bet you is in the book, but boy, is that a more like present and resonant sentence to me right? yeah. in 2023. Yeah. Too soon? Um, I don't know. No, not too soon. Deal with it. We, we still, we're still struggling to deal with it. We need to deal with it. Right? Um, what, what happened? I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> he's he's talking about it's like, like dumb yeah. misinformation, and it generally comes from the folks that you know, and not from trusted sources. And that's you know, family is the root cause of all misinformation. Is a line from White Noise, and ah, caught my, my attention. My best friend's no, sister's I, I guess what I cousin. missed was like, what's too soon? Is <laughs> oh, I mean, Just I the... was I was making pandemic references, and yeah, oh. anyway, oh. But it's also Pandemic. my best friend's sister's boyfriend's cousin heard that Ferris passed out at 31 Flavors last night. That sort of thing. So there. Anyway. Um, and then the other thing I brought, which is kind of an interesting uh, counterpoint or contrast to our main topic. We did watch season three of The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Uneven, but I enjoyed it. Did you, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it uh, months ago when it was first out. Much like the boys. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of TV. I, I'm having I, to dig yeah, through yeah. this stuff. I got but, you. I got you. Um, Umbrella Academy Season 3. So I came into it kind of going, I mean, I've seen Seasons 1 and 2 of the Umbrella Academy, and they kind of have one trick, and that's they travel back in time to some point where uh, the same character keeps causing the apocalypse. And now we're going to do it again, but they, they travel back to their present and their timeline is all jacked up. And now there is a Sparrow Academy uh, that is like not to them. Um, and their sort of timelines are colliding. 
I found this to be uh, much better than season two. I thought season season two was um, kind of you know just season one was so much fun because they had those uh, those hitman characters and it was just yeah. unfamiliar. Season three, I think they kind of get back on their game. I think the writing is generally better in season three, but and this is this is where they kind of have the same problem Willow has. Somebody licensed too much music, and they keep like stopping the show to play it. And and in some cases, they do it in the form of the cast is singing karaoke, which sucks. And don't do that. Um, I mean, it fits when, when they do. But when they're not pausing it for a dance scene or something like that, I, it's I like the season. dance. I like the Footloose dance scene. I'm sorry, it was just dumb, <laughs> but it was enjoyable. It was crazy. It's like, what the hell is this? I thought it was a good start, but you know, that's just me. Yeah. So, <laughs> but then with they're they're trapped in this like hotel in the middle of nowhere kind of a thing, and the the plot unfolds. And then by the time you get to the end, where it's the next end of the universe kind of a thing, I thought it was a good setup. I think they're 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 changing it up just enough. But yeah, I agree with you. The second season was too much of same same kind of a thing, only just set back in the '60s, so it was a little bit of a a tedium at times. But this one was a little bit more zippy zappy. They they definitely uh, had the pace right, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, being able to kind of play with things. I was actually hoping that since they were in an alternate timeline, they would bring back the the Hitmen, but they didn't, which oh, well. feels like a missed opportunity, but what you gonna do? Um, yeah, uh, Umbrella Academy, they've, they've apparently greenlit one final season of they that better. show to come back, and that's cool, yeah. make it happen. They They do one of the better jobs in the cinematography of making it look like the kind of graphic design and, and angles and whatnot you get from a modern comic. So I think, um, they, they've earned their right to finish it off and I hope they actually wrap it up with this season and and give it a proper ending. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Eric got into that show. Just, just don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, just sit over there. It's non-essential. Up. If you're into it, this is a better season than season two. But if you're not, you don't need to start. It's all yeah, good. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, my, I this week. Okay, I watched. Uh, let's see, the second and apparently final season of Hunters is out on Amazon Prime. Uh, did um, that come out? When did that happen? Yeah. Uh, it it happened recently. I saw the but first it, season, it's, but I didn't know that the second one was out. Interesting. Yeah, and the thing is, it's another one of these shows that it's like, everything about it says it should be better than it is, and it's not bad, but it's like, it's hard to be at all enthusiastic about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's got an amazing cast. Uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is in it this year. Oh, yeah, okay, then let me back it up. It's the 1970s, and a group of Jews has banded together to hunt down and murder Nazis that got away with it in uh after okay. world war ii and led by al pacino yeah and it's it, it should be awesome and there's a lot about it that is pretty awesome but it's uh, i don't know it's it's a letdown i think it's the writing is just not up to par with you know i mean the idea have you, have you seen marathon man brian with roy scheider 
No, no, okay. I haven't. Well, that one's basically a, a straight-up thriller written by Wim Goldman about this sort of thing, hunting Nazis. This is sort of taking that vibe, but then turning it slightly humorous, and at times it falls a little flat. Yeah, they're trying to make it kind of like a 70s, almost, you know, like at times it's an exploitation 70s film, at times it's, you know, a a thoughtful uh, thriller, but it's never really good at any of those things. And Mm. that that disappoints me, but I still watch it because um, Kate Mulvaney, she plays this uh, nun who uh, (laughs) escaped the, the... yeah, as a child escaped the the uh, camps, and is this former MI6 assassin nun? And I'm like, fuck! I want a show of this. This yeah. this actress is so <laughs> amazing. She is electric every time she is on screen. And I read That's up good. on her, and apparently she's got a brilliant Richard the Third that she did. And uh, so she's like a real actress. That's the thing. I want to see more of her. I don't care about much of any of the rest of this. I just watch it yeah. for her. I mean, it, Jordan Peele produced this thing, so it's got that sort of flavor. Makes but, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But, Good idea. But, not fully executed. That's yeah. the, that's that's what I would say about this. Not okay. fully executed. Like it needed another five minutes in the oven for them to figure out what was wrong here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, how many? How long um, did it take mm-hmm. you to, to watch the whole series? Actually, I have one more uh, to go, but there was you know it only took like a couple days. Okay. It's it's not bad. That's the thing. I don't know how to how to it's worth watching, but it's not the kind of thing where I'm jumping up and down going ooh 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 you got to see this. Yeah. I think that's not like my of a, next show because yeah. ooh 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 you got to see this and I can't believe I haven't heard of this until this week. Um did you know that in 2019 they started a TV series version of War of the Worlds? No. no. Well, actually, I think I vaguely read that and thought, yeah. huh, I remember when they had a shitty one in the 90s, but that's no. about as far as it went. No, they did They did one for, I think, Epics, but uh, it's Gabriel Byrne and uh, Elizabeth McGovern, and uh, I don't think there's any other names, really, but it's, okay, it is War of the Worlds. It is sort of a it's got to be a british co-production part of it's in france part of it's in uh england and by the way the parts in france people actually speak fucking french with subtitles so yay thank you yeah it's like they're uh the the way the the you know quote unquote martians the aliens kill us is really well thought out (laughs) it's like the science is all there so far on 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 the stuff they do in here uh they spend a little too much time on schmaltzy character stuff but i guess you kind of have to i'm i'm a disaster movie fan so i'm looking for the shit the the first episode is all attack and that's when i was like okay this show is awesome if they can maintain this i don't know how you maintain this after you do the attack because they don't they don't pussyfoot around The the shit happens fast but the thing is, it maintains. It is really, it, it, it's a great sort of thriller show. It's, it's got its problems like The Walking Dead, like any of those post-apocalypse shows. But you can see them planting the seeds for how they're going to deal with this, this alien invasion. 
it's really it's well written it's really well thought out they where do you see this now what did we get uh we got mgm plus oh my uh, god which is yeah <laughs> which used to That's be a thing it used I to just, be epics and they changed uh, it to mgm plus and here's the thing can't, can't here's the thing the show <clears throat> what first started in 2019 there's three seasons of the fucking thing this thing has been going strong for three seasons. Yeah, because it's on during the, the pandemic knows. when everybody was at home watching TV. I don't know how I missed this. Because it was on MGM Plus or whatever. Yeah, epics. I mean, epics. I mean, it's just that's the downside to the the things now is that it it's so overblown with the a la carte that it's just it's too much. Apple TV, MGM yeah. Plus, Peacock, blah yeah. blah blah. It's just like no. Yeah, I can't. It's like there was that that show about uh, the 1960s casino in Florida, the uh, uh, Magic City, that nobody ever saw, but it was great. But it was on one of those weird cable channels, so nobody ever saw it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's US, it's worth checking USA. out. I mean, yeah. get you know, get like you can get a free ten days of this MGM Plus thing on Amazon. And yeah, but it's then worth you gotta, it to check this show out. But then you got to binge everything mm. in 10 days. I'm not built like you, sir. I can't do that. That's just not in well, my fuck fortitude. Off. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't have the fortitude for that. I can't watch all of Marvel Phase 4 in a week and, and live. That's just not what I can do. <laughs> so good on you. Uh. Good on you. Uh, okay. But, but all right. So recommended, that it for though. Fresh shit? Recommended. That's it. Okay. A few months back, and if you're a subscriber to the podcast, uh, you already know this, uh, Eric was watching The Boys Season 3, and he was just, like, losing his Eric yeah. mind about it, because, you know, it's kind of made for him. It's and a show that's do, managed like, to get better with each season, rather exactly. than worse and more derivative. Yeah. That's, yeah, okay, so we're going to get into this, and I'm just going to put the spoiler bump here. We're going to do spoilers for pretty much all of The Boys, probably. So just, there's spoilers. If you don't like that, cool. Come back next week. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you then. This shit is spoiled. What do you mean? Spoilers. But yeah, I, I was absolutely of the opinion when we came into this that like, I don't know if I need to get through another season of The Boys. It's, you know, it's a brutal show. It really mm-hmm. is. And, and I was like, Am I in the mood for this? Do I care? I'll give it a go. And God damn, by the end of this season, they, yeah, it's easily the best season of the show. Best writing, best acting, thematically, all of it is firing on all cylinders. They go for it. Uh, It's also apparently a little less bloody than previous seasons, which is hard. Is it? It's hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it definitely expounded on all of the stuff they were setting up and just it totally blew it out of the water with everything that they pulled. Cause I was like, you, I was like, eh, I'm teetering. Uh, but then as the season went on, I was like, holy crap, I can't believe they got it with that. That the, was literally every episode. Yeah. The orgy is the fucking best thing ever. 
we Hero we Gasm. have um what's the name i can't i can't remember his name uh butcher uh, ends up taking a, 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 a drugs that give him superpowers and he ends up tag teaming with oh i can't Huey. remember anybody's fucking name Huey. Huey. No, no, no. The superhero guy. The main villain. Yes. Yeah, Sol- oh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. basically Captain America in yeah, the they, universe. They yeah. tag team on Soldier Boy, and it is really fucking great. <laughs> so, uh. let's, let, let's give a little bit of the setup. The boys in general is, what if Marvel superheroes were real in today's world, and how would the corporate entity uh they call it vaught industries but you know how would any corporate entity that had these things disney you know actually treat them and and it's about propaganda and it's about corruption and cynicism and ultimately especially in season three it's about fascism so there is this character homelander who is our you know patriotic superman character and he's just a piece of shit um, but of course he is the shining hero in all of the marketing and he is, he's kind of the replacement for soldier boy who used to be the shining hero piece of shit. Uh, but he's been, you know, everybody thinks he's dead, but he's been put in a Russian something that's kept him away for decades. It doesn't really matter. And there are all these characters and it just, it just shows it's a mirror to our society and it's like here's why we suck here's why if we had these superheroes we would suck even more because it, it it's got that same quality that black mirror has which is it it just gets the current world and shoves it back in your face and says we are awful we are awful people here we are <laughs> well i mean we're at where it's astonishing in that, you know, it's, it mirrors so much of the stuff that has happened. And so in the first episode, you yeah. get Huey, who's working for the bureau that hunts down the bad soups uh, that's being run by the senator, who we found out is the head popper from season two. And she's yeah. got very nefarious. Yeah. And so she's sort of running this thing to put a notch on her belt so she could actually, you know, move up the ranks and eventually become president is my assessment. And so there's that. And then Huey finds out that she's the head popper and realizes that they're in way over their head now. Oh, shit. And so she sort of, to me, represents that stupid, crazy freedom caucus or whatever that's rolling in Congress right now, where it's just people that are totally okay with tearing down the system for no other reason than it helps their brand. And so it's just that kind of a thing. So she's got that, which is a parallel to Homelander, who's just going to burn it all down because now he can re- he realizes he can get away with anything because he's the end-all, be-all superhero, which is what prompts so Butcher to Homelander get... Homelander is not subtly Trump. It, he is no. so Trump. Yeah. He's Trump with laser eyes. Yeah. And he's also... Right. Yeah. It's just creepy. But Butcher realizes Just they need a to narcissist stop. Yeah. who who is only in it for how do things make him look. He does not understand how anything outside of him matters yeah. and everything is about him. He's and the, he's also he's so powerful he can pretty much get his way and not lose any popularity. Yeah. And all the checks and balances that they had in Vought with his contract and his PR and all that sort of just goes out the window. And so that becomes sort of the X factor. And then Butcher realizes the that act- they need, yeah. 
No, I think the actual, the last scene of the last episode, isn't he effectively shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue? Yeah, I mean, yes. They are out Everybody on the street. Loves it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, like right in your face. This is exactly what. Yeah. And it's the moment where he realizes that he really can do it and he won't lose popularity with his fans. And yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, sweet. I have, there's absolutely no limits, no shackles. Yeah. Which is creepy as fuck. You know, that was the end, like that, the end of this season was just a gut punch for me when you get to that moment. Because they build and build and build, and you're like, there's just, come on, man. There's no way. And then everybody in this thing has so much baggage that they basically unpack through the course of this season that by the end, I'm just exhausted. And then you, and then you understand why it happens the way it happens. It's like, oh, we are all fucked. And it's just not a good feeling. But at the same time, I was like, oh, so good. So good. But yeah, I'm, I'm so sad. I like when people are, I like the idea of, of like showing people, you know, sort of the truth of their, their nature. We, we, we kind of are, have our heads up our asses about how we know better than everyone else how shit should go. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, I do it too. Absolutely. Everyone yeah. does. But I, I, I like it when something can say you're wrong and show you why. That's what I love about this show. Well, yeah, and they do it. You know, it so if, well. if the exact same show came out in like whatever 1990, right? It would have this kind of like over the top Paul Verhoeven RoboCop thing of, haha, you know, if we take where we are to the extreme, you know, it would be this absurdist take. But it's not. It's coming out now. It came out in 2022, and you're looking at this and you're like, oh. Our reality is the absurdist, you know, take this bullshit to its logical conclusion. Oh, shit. You know, just, it, it, is, it is a no-holds-barred social commentary, and it is probably one of the best that I've seen in all of this. You know, it's really saying how something like Trump happens, how we're cool with so much just commercialism and crap and fascism you know and how I, uh, oh it sucks it's, this it's week crazy. on on uh uh you know that bill maher show i i i don't like bill maher frankly but i saw his his closing thing on uh why does my head not work anymore george uh, oh, the senator who's a fucking liar Santos. Santos. Yeah. Santos. And he has a whole thing about like the reason he, you know, Santos is, is because he realized nothing means anything anymore. So he just told lies about anything that would work for the moment. He told lies that would make the left think, oh, he's, you know, he's a gay guy who's a self-made millionaire. He, he lied to Republicans about like all his achievements. And so basically the professional victims loved him for all the shit he's overcome, but didn't. And all the Republicans loved him for all the money he defends. And that's how he got elected because no one checks his shit and no one cares. And nobody even, all anyone cares about is if you're on their team or not. So you can lie about anything. That's, that's what all of these, these superheroes, that's what this whole superhero world does is tell you whatever shit you need to hear in order to keep buying. Yeah. That's who we are. We will believe anything as long as you're part of our tribe. Well, yeah. 
Well, the other flow through on this one too is they they lean in hard on the whole idea of collateral damage and how it has a lasting effect on everything because you do mm-hmm. the whole flashback stuff with Soldier Boy and the payback team and they're all just as assholeish as the seven, but they're sort of the proto seven. Uh, and they're like working Nicaragua doing the Contra thing and this and that and the other. And through the course of it, you realize that soldier boy is just dead inside, but he puts on a good veneer of the, you know, the superhero savior and everybody loves him for it. Uh, but by the end, you realize that he basically controlled payback through coercion and bullying and just violence and he's the reason that black noir like is all mangled and disfigured and yada 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 which then they do black noir's flashback episodes where he's just living in this fantasy world with all these chuck e cheese pizza mascots animated in his head (laughs) they do a full roger rabbit thing in the latter half of the season it's fucking crazy uh but then you get the v24 serum that butcher and then later huey are injecting and then that gives them sort of superpowers manifested from who they are at their core. So Butcher's basically a mirror version of Homelander, more or less. Uh, and then Huey becomes this thing that can like disappear and then come back. He's very good at fight or flight. Uh, but then you find out that the, the more you use this experimental serum, the more likely you are to get cancer and die. So it's just sort of like, at what point do you step back from that? But at that point, absolute power corrupts absolutely is the vibe on that. And so it's just nobody is safe in this in this world at all, whether they make the right choice or the wrong choice. And that to me is just astonishing that they can ro- walk that line and not push people away from the story at hand. Because that's a, that's a tightrope, man. And that's what makes me love Butcher so much. He is so dedicated to his purpose that it's like, yeah, it's going to kill me. Don't fucking care. I've got a job. I'm, I'm driving towards the end of this thing. I, you know, I'm not done until I'm done. And I love that character. There is no, there's no sideways about yeah. it. Well, but also the fact that he's sort of... They uh, also... Go ahead. Well, that he takes Huey under his wing through the course of the series, but in this one... He knows that the serum's going to kill Huey, and he doesn't tell him. And it's just like, that to him, that's the ultimate objective. Win, beat Homelander at all costs, yeah. and that's part of the collateral damage. It's just like, oh, that's devastating to me. That's devastating. Well, so. and, and that's one of the things that this show does really well in Season 3, that it, that it does better in Season 3 than any other. Every character has an arc in Season 3, and every character is really interrogated and we learn about their past so in the case of butcher we're we're looking into his upbringing and his abusive father and it's intercut with what he's doing in the present day and how what he is doing in the present day makes him realize that yep he has totally turned into his old man yeah and what are you going to do about it and again every character has more depth and more going on this season than than in previous seasons. I don't know how they ever end this show. Like it's it's sort of it's not going anywhere because it's just this is this is it's going to be There's, it's going to be you know? the destruction of the Vought group. I mean, yeah. basically, it it's the, the the victory will it will either be they destroy the Vought group and the whole superhero thing comes to an end. Or they are all killed by superheroes and everyone becomes a superhero. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm assuming it's the destruction of the Vought group and its replacement by some other just as Vought-like thing that probably is also Vought. Yeah. But if, that's if I could, if I could have my ending, if I was allowed to decide, if I could be showrunner for the final season, I would say somebody puts that stuff into the water supply. And everyone ends up with that's, you know yeah. fucking super mutant power. <laughs> that's what I was. And that's the was world thinking. is just obliterated by everyone <laughs> doing anything they want. Yeah. Well, the fact that Homelander's kid uh, is manifesting these powers, and then it's sort of like the Hitler Youth sort of thing, where Homelander's like slowly turning him into what will be a, a fucking asshole superhero. And then you realize that that's part of the flow through because then you learn that Soldier Boy is his biological father, even though Homelander was grown in a lab, more or less. And then there's that whole dynamic where they do like the father son thing, but then it's turned on its head. And it's like Soldier Boy's like, I don't give a fuck, you know? And then he's trying to kill Homelander. And it's just everything is just chaos by the end because just what you think should be uh, a creed and, a, and something to hold you. Uh, to your your path is just totally obliterated. I mean, they just like they give you all these little f- bits of false hope, and then destroy you. Like the bit with A Train where he's so, doing his, uh, you know, public outreach to the the black community, <laughs> and then he kills the racist, <laughs> and then the racist's heart ends up replacing his bad heart, so that he can become A Train again. I mean, I'm like, oh god, that's just that's just cruel on so many levels. So, you know. So, I want to talk about Butcher's arc a little bit, right? Because in season two, his whole deal was that, like, his wife was the mom to to Homelander's son or, or something like that. And then the wife is dead. And now Butcher is trying to protect the son from Homelander, keep him hidden. And, you know, and Butcher wants Homelander dead for a lot of reasons. And so, you know, that's kind of his main thing is I'm going to kill Homelander. But. By the end of the series, we realize that the sun is absolutely going down the Homelander path. He is aligned with Homelander. He views Homelander as his legitimate father. He wants to be that. He kind of knows how shitty it is and doesn't care. And and this happens right in front of Butcher's face. The, the kid chooses Homelander. So even if Butcher manages to kill Homelander, what has he accomplished? Like it's taken all of the meaning out of his mission in yeah. a way, and I'm I'm like, where's this gonna go? Uh, well, and that's where they muddy the waters. I mean, it's just sort of you know, there's the whole sidebar with uh, mother's milk dealing with his PTSD from Soldier Boy killing his family, and has to to kind of come through that. And then there's the whole sidebar with Frenchie and Mikiko. Where she loses her powers and she's glad, but then the only way that she can heal herself from getting the beat down is to take the V again. So it's just this, like, their whole overarching gist seems to be that it's just this spiral that never seems to cease. It's like, once you're in the loop, you are in the loop and you are not getting out of the loop until you die. I mean, that's sort of the cynical version of it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. they, they give you these little nuggets of hope. And that's what drives the narrative, which I think is, to me, is astonishing because it's it's not conflict with other people more than it is just the internal conflict with every character. Like, this is the compromise that I have to make to get to this next step, and then will this next step destroy me? That's literally what's going on, and it should be depressing as hell, but I was there for it the entire time this season. I can't even imagine how they're going to do a fourth one. Ugh. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Has anybody on the show read the, the comic this is derived from? Uh, no. Earlier. Earlier yeah. ones. It's, it's rough. This is diverging a bit from it. Okay. Because, I mean, I assume that would tell us at least, you know, nuggets of where we might be going. Um, I don't think it will. Because, you, you know, that, that orgy episode, the Herogasm episode, that was like the thing that they marketed the season <laughs> off of on, online, right? It was like, yeah, we're going there. We're going to do Herogasm. And honestly, to me, that was like, I mean, the fight at the end of Herogasm, hell That's yeah. That's what I'm yeah, talking that, about. That yeah, was I didn't amazing. care about any of the rest of it. The level of okay. violence... Uh, during that fight is what made me go oh that's great (laughs) i mean this is a tv budget or at least an amazon tv budget so whatever that means but it's it's basically billy butcher has the temporary v and and huey is sort of a sort of like a, a flash type character and you've got captain america and they're beating up superman and they're having the fight and it totally works like marvel take notes these guys these guys sell that fight better than say Captain America Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, think but you think on how they start every season. Like the like the first scene. So season one, first scene is Huey hugging his girlfriend and then she just gets demolished by A train running through her. And that starts Huey's path. It's the grossest thing, but mm-hmm. at the same time you're like, oh, where are they gonna go from here? And then you get all the stuff in season two uh etc cetera, etc cetera. but the opening sequence of season three is literally uh a superhero who can shrink down to microscopic size crawls into his boyfriend's urethra to stroke him off from the inside and then gets surprised when <laughs> the boys show up and he basically just enlarges in the middle of his boyfriend and just obliterates him that's the first scene and it's just where do you go from there it's so gross, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I can't believe they got away with that. How did they do that? And so that's the flavor every time. Yeah. So when you get to something you've like that, you've got to love violence. Yeah. To so like this get- show, you've got to really love violence. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a gross show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking awful. But when you get to something like Herogasm, it's just sort of, uh, it's not as uncomfortable as I thought it would be. But then you get to the scene where the deep is basically just having sex with a mollusk. And it's just like this, this show, man, it's like anytime something like that happens, I just have to think to myself, this fucking show, come on, man. And then they reel it back in and it gets really deep and dark again. Uh, and it's just, ugh. but then when you get to the scene where Homelander makes the deep eat his best friend slash lover mollusk or whatever, I mean, that's just... Mm-hmm. That is just evil, evil, evil. I was so uncomfortable watching all of that happen because they just sell it. And it's like, man, I hope Homelander just gets the shit kicked out of him at that point. That was where I was. But you know he won't. This show this show is Lucy holding the football for and you uh, yeah, are Char- the audience exactly. are Charlie Brown, right? Yeah, like exactly. it keeps saying, like, hey, here's how it's not going to suck. Here's how it's gonna have a happy ending. And then it's like, oh no. No, 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 no. Do you know how cruel this show is? No. <laughs> yeah, it could get so I much mean, crueler. That's why I don't know how it ever ends. Because there's no... The only way it ends is in, like, total loss for the forces of good, right? Otherwise... Yeah. Water supply. 
water yeah. supply. <laughs> That's the thing. I want them to do the ending that that would happen, which is that this shit gets out there, and then if if everybody doesn't get it, then let's say a small percentage of the population gets it, and they become, you know, the ruiners well, yeah. of the world. Well, then, it, then it becomes the Incredibles too. If everyone is special, then no one is special. I mean, that seems yeah. to be the the possibility. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just it's uncomfortable watching the parallels to what's going on today, where, like you say, you shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and no one cares. They applaud you for it, and it's just, oh, it's a little too. I was close. I see. I was. I was thinking about like, okay, uh, they. uh, Why does Mick Jagger have a Peter Pan complex? Because he's Mick Jagger. He's Peter Pan. (laughs) He has the opportunity to be that. And that's why I think if everybody, if if enough people got this stuff, they would, you know, enact their their worst selves. Yeah, and I think that's that would be the truest ending of this show. You know, it's like okay. we're not good guys without powers; we're supervillains without powers. <laughs> that to me would be the best ending. I mean, it's it's not far from where they're at now, if we're real. But you know. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it seems like the thing with temporary V killing people after three doses, that's a feature, not a bug, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoever yeah, right, is greedy right? and uses that, well, we've, we've got a fail-safe. They're, they're not going to do it forever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. I mean, that's, yeah, true. But it's also, you know, proprietary death as far as bot's concerned. So it's just, yeah, interesting there you to go. see. The way that and I'm sure proprietary antidote is also on the menu. But, yeah, nasty piece of work this show Good reflection. I don't know what else there is to say other than if you've got the stomach for it, watch it. Really? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> I, I I agree. I concur. That's my and opinion if, as well. If you've made it this far in our podcast, clearly you have a strong stomach because you've been listening to us for the whole hour. <laughs> and if if that's you, you should subscribe to the podcast. You should share it with your friends on social media. You should uh, let us know your show ideas. Go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, and find links to hit us up on all the socials or email. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what what horrible things happen next. <laughs>